the program. We are broadcasting live. We're at the Stillery. We're in Grafton, Wisconsin. And you come in today uh, for the next couple of hours and get registered to win the big screen TV. We're giving away. We're expecting Wayne Larrabee here in just a few. I know Wayne's on his way. He texted me. It's uh, it's a little, parking can be a little gnarly around here at times. Snowing outside and all that kind of stuff. But Wayne just texted, said he's on his way. So we uh, should see Wayne Larrabee coming in here in just a couple of minutes. Uh, ben Kenny producing the show back in Madison. And in addition to that, uh, like I said before, it's, we're brought to you by our friends at Bud Light, the official beer sponsor of the Bill Michael Sports Talk Network. But if you come in today, and from now until the end of the show, the next two hours, you get registered. Just ask for a slip. No purchase necessary. Ask for a registration slip. We'll throw it into a big uh, big bucket, and we'll draw it at the end of the show today. And somebody from this crowd, which is, I don't know, 50 to 100 people right now, going to walk away. Somebody's going to walk away with a 55-inch big screen TV. That's not a bad way to go. Uh, however, you can up your odds if you uh, pick up a Bud Light product today. Buy a Bud Light and you get additional uh, registration slips. So not a bad way to go. Come on by and say hi. And uh, people continuing to come in here at the uh, distillery in Grafton. Nice day today. Uh, kind of a, a good day to be walking around in the downtown area. Just kind of the, the light flurries in your face. You come in and get warm, uh, maybe a whiskey, maybe a Bud Light, a good lunch. You're good to go. It's that simple. So uh, come on over to the uh, distillery here in Grafton. And we're here until 2 o'clock today. Uh, 877-867-1670. While we've got a couple of minutes, we'll open up phone lines. If you want to chime in, 877-867-1670. And uh, we can talk uh, a little additional in that particular sense as we wait for Wayne to get here. Um, the uh, <laughs> uh, Now, Ben, are you? what are you watching? Are you watching a whole video on Brock Purdy right now? Yeah, we're, we're deep in the Twitter rabbit holes, Bill, trying to – find anything to make you feel better and or worse about the game Uh, there is a beautiful two-minute montage of every Brock Purdy interceptable pass from this season that was dropped okay just to manifest yeah he has not thrown he yeah he has not thrown a whole lot of bad passes in the sense of being picked off uh but go back to that game against the Cowboys the Cowboys could have won that game uh it really wasn't the the you know the play of Brock Purdy so to speak that won them or that you know really won them that game it was more so the fact that Dak Prescott was just bad uh does watching that game and going through all of that Ben does it make you feel better about uh about what you what you what you have coming up to face in Brock Purdy and the San Francisco 49ers it does I mean every game's different Dallas played their their butts off on defense and uh, yeah, the 49ers offense took a while to get going. I just he, it's all he different. He didn't have this big he, Yeah, he didn't have this huge quarterback rating or anything like that. Uh Brock Purdy was 19 to 29, 214 yards and 80 87.4 quarterback rating. So it wasn't like it was huge in this sense um or anything like that, but you know, he he just managed the game and that's all he was supposed to do. So Good stuff there uh, as you sit there in the rabbit hole of Twitter and watch everything that is Brock Purdy take on your Philadelphia Eagles. Joining us here at the table is uh, the voice of the Green Bay Packers, Wayne Larrabee. Is, uh, thanks for coming hey, by, man. Good to be here. I know How are you doing? When you, when you texted me, drive safe, I'm like, holy crap, did, you, did I mix, mix this up and think that uh, I told you that we were going to do this on the phone or something like that? How you been? Good, good. Good to see you. Yeah, you too. Now that the season has ended and all the speculation, here we go again. I mean, if, don't, doesn't it feel like we're at Groundhog Day? This is kind of like, you know, um, I was saying to this uh, Matt LaPay on our podcast uh, this morning, I was saying, you know, the Rogers discussion of this time of year is kind of like gray, damp, 
cold <laughs> Wisconsin weather. Right. I mean, it just every year it happens, yeah. right? Yeah. Every year we get no sun for about three months, and uh, we the same thing. Every year we're talking about Aaron Rodgers, it seems like. <laughs> I get the sense, Wayne, and I know there's a lot of speculation about where he'll be traded, if he's traded, and all that kind of stuff. I get the sense uh, of just what I hear, and you probably know a lot better than I do, but that they want to run it back one more time because there's a legacy to this. Rodgers wants to win in Green Bay. He sounds like he wants to end his career in Green Bay. Mark Murphy wants another Super Bowl before he walks away. It's like you just need to get there one more time. You don't want the stigma of 30-plus years of Hall of Fame quarterback play, only two Super Bowls, three showings total. It, It would seem deflating to say you had all of this and you couldn't get it done. But if you go and say you won three Super Bowls mm-hmm. and five of four appearances with 30 years of quarterback, that's a, that's a big different, that's a no, different number there. Yeah, it is, and I see the point. Um, the question you have to ask yourself, and I think that the question that has to be asked in the personnel meetings that they're having right now is um, what's the window? Has the window closed on this group of players? Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, if you bring back Aaron Rodgers, you're probably going to bring back um, – Obviously, probably going to bring back Randall Cobb, and he could still play in the slot, and you're probably going to bring back Mercedes Lewis, and why wouldn't you? Still a great blocker. David Bakhtiari, when he's healthy, and he's, you know, hopefully they figured out how to get him on the field week to week, um, is still one of the top left tackles in the game today. And Robert Tunyon, you got to make a decision on him. Will he... You know, did the ACL cost him his ability right. to get loose, to to uh, uh, gain separation out there? It, you know, second year, maybe, it, you know, maybe he will by then, his second year after that injury. But he wasn't able to gain the kind of separation he did uh, two years ago when he had 11 touchdown receptions. So you got to ask yourself those questions because, you know, a lot of it in Mason Crosby and another uh, Rogers, uh, a guy that uh, Aaron had mentioned uh, that he'd like to see back. And, and I know the general manager feels very confident in uh, Mason Crosby, clutch kicker. Uh, but if you have Mason Crosby back, you need somebody to kick off, that right. kind of thing. So there's a lot of stuff that goes into this. I don't know about you, but it seems to me if Aaron comes back, they are doing exactly what you said. They're running it back. Right. The question is, are they good enough to run it back and get to where they hope to go? That's the question. With the guys they picked up, I thought Devontae Wyatt, when, when Dean Lowry went down, played pretty well. Uh-huh. Uh, I thought Quay Walker, obviously, we talked about the run game. Ups and downs yeah, of those the guys. Ups and downs, if mm-hmm. he gets better in that sense. But if Christian Watson has some time and develops and works on the body, Romeo Dubs has some time. You know, and I agree with you about Randall Cobb. I thought he had a good season. I you, did, too. You always know, like, Puxatani Phil's going to come and see his shadow that Randall Cobb's going to have an injury. Yeah. But for the most part, he's a good film study and is able to teach the guys inside that, that locker room. But, you, you know, I think he had depth at the defensive line. You're probably going to have to figure out what you're going to do with Adrian Amos in that safety position. Yeah. You're going to get Stokes back. I, I don't think you're as bad as maybe what you think you are. But you're going to get Rashawn Gary back, too. But I think that it just depends on how cohesive that thing comes together and whether it explodes or not. Yeah, and again, Rashawn coming off uh, not an insignificant injury. It's an ACL. You know, will he be as good when he comes back as he was before? Um, And that may take an extra year. Could take an extra year with Tunyon. Um, You know, uh, uh, Bill, I would have to say this. You're right in many respects. 
defensively, what are they going to do on defense? I think the safety position has to be reconfigured in one form or another. There's no question about that. I don't know if Adrian Amos is coming back. Probably not. I I would assume not. I don't know. But um, what do you do with Darnell Savage? Does he become your nickel back? He's going to be there. I mean, you picked up the fifth-year option. Now what do you do? Um, uh, You know, Stokes comes back, so maybe you take Rasul Douglas, who has another year on the contract you just signed him to last year. You put him maybe at safety where he can face the quarterback, make those reads, that type of thing. I think it could be pretty good. Uh, Stokes comes back, sophomore slump, Bill. Uh, He was struggling when he left. He was really struggling, and they actually got better when right. he left, you right. know, um, but you, you still have hopes for him because he's a first round draft choice. He showed you a lot as a rookie. I think the kid can play and, and you know, I think next year he'll be really good. Um, so you have your two cornerbacks. You have Stokes on one side, Jair on the other side. Uh, you do mix and match in the slot. Sometimes it might be, uh, you know, um, it could be Rasul Douglas. Um, you know, it could be any yeah. number of combinations of people. But you got to get an extra safety. Uh, you need another pass rusher uh, on that defensive line. It, it's um, Devondre Wyatt. Devontae Wyatt has to be the player you drafted him to be. I think Quay Walker will be. I mean, ups and downs. Yeah, Pro Football Focus gave him a bad grade all season long. I understand rookies miss assignments, all that stuff. But boy, if you look at the explosiveness of that kid. Yeah. In the 24 years I've been around, I haven't seen a line inside linebacker in Green Bay with that kind of explosive. When they drafted A.J. Hawk, he was the sideline to sideline guy. He was being promoted. Brent Musburger every week was telling us yeah. how he could go both sides at Ohio State. And first year, he kind of did that and then never, never developed beyond that. Quay Walker can go sideline to sideline. Yeah. No, He's no. Got that kind of you speed. Know, and again, you know, to Brent, defer to Brent a little bit on this, uh, A.J. Hawk on the college level, could go sideline to sideline. Yes. Never did in the NFL level uh, and wasn't designed to do that. Walker, you're exactly right. He's just that kind of an athlete, special athlete. I think he's got a chance to be a real special player in this defense. Now, they also like Wyatt, and he's another guy who's got to make a difference in his second year on that defensive line. Um, offensively, I, you know, again, you got to hope these rookie receivers elevate their game. And if they do... Uh, I still think, uh, you know, Christian Watson can be a star. But what happened down the stretch? Defense, he, all of a sudden, he's on the first page of the scouting report, right? right? Yep. And they started taking him away a little right. bit more. But the thing that impressed me about him in that time, the last three weeks of the season, was I saw him running the route tree. He wasn't MVS out here. Let's send him wide down here and we'll right. throw it to him because he'll be ahead of the field. Right. No, no. He was running the, the little look-in stuff, cross, a couple of crossing patterns, that kind of stuff. He was running the route tree. I think he's a much more accomplished receiver than MVS could ever hope to be. I really do. And, and MVS is in Kansas City where he's going to play right. for the AFC Championship. And he's, still, he's a very good player and developed into a nice player for the Packers. This kid's better. Okay. Romeo Dobbs. He can be the kind of guy. James Jones kind of guy no question and don't fall asleep on Samari Ture you know everyone writes him off seventh round draft choice well let me tell you something the all-time leading receiver in the history of the Green Bay Packers was a seventh round draft choice Donald Driver Driver. so I think they have three receivers they can really work with there that could be very good Um, you know and I I I would be I'd love to see Randall Cobb back uh, for personal reasons if nothing else But, (laughs) but the fact is he can he can still play and he is such an influence in that room. I think he just that would be beneficial for those receivers. He was the guy that, when the play broke down, knew what Rodgers needed. Yeah. He was always that guy, and that's what he made a career. Right. It wasn't like he was the biggest, the fastest. It wasn't like he was going to jump higher and get the ball at the apex. But when the thing broke down, he was that guy. 
Yeah, I agree. I agree wholeheartedly. And as far as Aaron Rodgers goes, Bill, he can. the only thing that maybe he can't do that he did 10 years ago is threaten a defense as often with his legs as he used to. But he can still escape. He can still move in the pocket. And he, the arm talent is still there. The thumb injury, we've all underplayed that because Aaron underplayed that. Uh-huh. That thumb injury had to be much more significant in terms of his ability to deliver the ball on time in, in not just on time, in but, that window, but in the window, yeah. you know, hit the receiver. Don't just complete the pass. The NFL is not completing the pass. It's where the receiver gets the ball. Does he have a chance to do something with it? Did you lead the receiver into a linebacker who's going to blow him up? Did you give him the ball in a place where he can make the catch and then make something happen? So it's 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 a real precision on the NFL level. And a thumb injury, and I saw it with Brett Favre early, and you did too, in his career. When he had a thumb injury, he couldn't put the ball where it needed to be. Sometimes, yes, but not often. And I think Aaron probably, who, again, because Aaron's not going to tell you I'm hurting, uh, he's going to go out and play. He's a warrior. And um, I know that healthy Aaron Rodgers next year can still play this game at the highest level. I want to talk about that, and I want to give you my scenario, my thought uh, on Rodgers coming back next year. All right. Because I I believe he's coming back. But I've got a whole other distinct possibility of things. You know me. I'm, I'm laying awake at night thinking of this crap. <laughs> Wayne Larrabee is with us, the voice of the Green Bay Packers. We are brought to you by our friends at Bud Light. They are the official beer sponsors of the Bill Michael Sports Talk Network. Come on in. You can win yourself a 55-inch big screen TV. Giving it away here shortly. Stay tuned. Got a lot more of the Bill Michael Show coming up next. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Wisconsin, thanks for coming out. Thanks for enjoying the lunch uh, hours with us. We certainly appreciate that. Uh, the voice of the Green Bay Packers, Wayne Larrabee, hanging here with us. So uh, I, I got it. You know, all the fans, everybody, it's 70%. We did a poll the other day with almost 4,000 votes. 70% say trade them. 30% say keep them. And all the reasons why and draft picks and everything. And I said that, like I told you, I think he wants to come back. I think he wants to play for the Packers. But I also think that, and you know Aaron from day one like I know Aaron from day yeah. one. He's been a guy that has been overlooked or told he can't in many situations, and he's, he puts that like a Rolodex, like a card in it in the back of his mind. This year was a down year. You talk about the thumb, and you, there was, you know, very underplayed was the knee injury as well that yep. he suffered. So I get this sense that he is going to roll it back this year and point the finger and say, see, I told you I still wasn't done. Because the last time they did this, mm-hmm. they drafted a quarterback. And he came back in back-to-back years and stuck it to him and said, here's two MVPs. Right. I think that that Aaron Rodgers shows up this coming year. Regardless of where he plays, I think he shows up this coming year with the exact same mantra. I I don't think – I have no reason to doubt that based on what I've seen and know of Aaron and, and, you know, um, closely watching him this year. Uh, You know, it wasn't the Aaron Rodgers of uh, MVP lore, but – uh, you know, you could see with all the things that were happening around him, and we talked about the injuries, but, um, you know, with all the new faces and everything going on around him. And, and, you know, I'm not, when I say this is the least receiving core he's had, I'm not being, I'm not being um, 
I'm not throwing gas on the receivers this year. They were inexperienced, and it was a new core. You had Randall. You you know, even Sammy Watkins, whom you brought in here, was new. Uh, you had the three rookies. Um, you know, there was a lot going on here um, that led to this. And, and by the way, what if you what if Devontae Adams didn't want to leave? And, by the way, he wanted to leave. The Packers right. were all set to sign him oh, yeah. uh, at his deal, at his number, or and then some. Um, you put his, what, 100 catches, 1,500 yards, whatever right. it was, 12 touchdowns into that offense, the Packers might still be playing today. Right. I agree with that. I, I obviously there was a lot that went into that Devonte decision. Sure. He wanted to go home, and then it's family. more than one year. It went yeah, back to a couple it went of back years. A couple yeah. of years. Oh, yeah. So I understand all of that. Yep. It, but but you're right. Devonte did want to leave. My question is, how much of a leap do you think we're going to see with Christian Watson, Samari Torre, Romeo Dobbs coming back this year in this offense, and then a healthy Aaron Rodgers without a banged up thumb? And without a banged-up knee, and I think he kind of rededicates this year, this offseason. How much of a jump do you think they make? Um, very interesting because the question I have is is much more ethereal. It's, has this window closed on these guys? That's what I don't know. I mean, you know, Tampa's been running it back since they won the Super Bowl. And right. the window's definitely closed yeah, on that. Yeah, that window's done. And if the Rams come back next year and say, well, Stafford's back and Cooper Cup's back and, and we're going to be. No, right. the window closed. Yeah. Um, Buffalo's got to be worried about the window closing on them. Cincinnati better get it done now or that window's going to close because they're going to have to pay Joe Burrow ten times what they're paying him today. Joe Burrow, starting Jamar next year. Chase, T. Oh, yeah. Higgins, all coming up. Okay, it's all, and it's all over then. Yeah. And that's not a big money franchise. So, you know, and Patrick Mahomes has got to be feeling, I got to get it done, ankle or not. I got to get it done now because that window is closed. These windows close on teams and people. And it's real hard to force that window back open. And everyone says, well, what about Belichick and Brady and the Patriots? That's the outlier, okay? That's not reality. That's not what we're dealing with. Uh, Teams, players, I think, organizations teams have certain windows and if they get it done in that window great if they don't they may never get it done i'm wondering if that window is still open for the packers if rogers in this group can force it open and i think they believe they can um can they keep it open for one more year make that charge this coming season i certainly hope so and i i think they have they have the ability to do that but the quest the bigger question has nothing to do with players and x's and o's is that window open or is it closed you talked about the thumb and not being as accurate and being able to put the ball in certain windows what i noticed out of rogers this year when people ask i say to the eye he looked a step slow when you go back to the legs can he get away can he elude rushes can he do certain to the eye at certain times he looked a step slow this year and i don't know if that was he was waiting for something Mm -hmm. because of the inexperience or if the hand of father time was starting to grab him by the ankle what did you see i saw um that a lot of times he was looking downfield and where he would normally have a receiver Devontae adams he wasn't there. Yeah. Okay. And that's where I saw the hesitancy because I saw that too, Bill, on some sacks that Aaron took were like, you know, boy. And, and I thought more than his – it wasn't so much his ability to escape from what I saw. My impression was it had more to do with what he was seeing downfield and not seeing downfield yeah. to get rid of the ball. You know, the, the problem with this thing, and we knew this going into the season, the beauty of Devontae Adams and why he's one of the best to ever do it is that Devontae Adams at the snap of the ball is open now. Okay, most receivers, even on the NFL level, 
They take a beat or two to get open. Okay, even the really good ones, it takes a little a beat or two for them to get open. Devontae's open at the line of scrimmage. Boom. And Aaron had that, that was a safety blanket that uh, yeah. you just couldn't replace. And that's where I saw some of the sacks Aaron took. I wasn't so much thinking it was a physical thing as it was just he didn't have the guy right. the guy there. You talked about Mason Crosby. What a bounce back here. Oh, yeah. He, he was one of four from beyond 50. But for the most part, he was money, and which, which we kind of felt, you know. He didn't say anything about Bohorquez or anybody else that's held for him. He didn't talk about any of that. He just said, hey, we'll, we'll get it right, we'll get it right. But there were times you could clearly see the process was screwed up. Yeah. And, and we talked about that a lot last year. And then I kept saying, give him a year, he'll bounce back. But you're right, the leg strength issue, getting it into the end zone, touchbacks and such. Yep. Directional kicking became more prevalent in mm-hmm. Visaccia's special teams rather than, hey, just boot it out of the end zone, we'll run it back, and yeah. no big deal. What would you do with Mason Crosby? Because uh, I know he, now he kind of wants to come back. I'd bring him back, and I'd bring him back because, you know, he's still clutch. And he made, um, what, against the Vikings, the longest uh, field goal by a Packer in Lambeau Field history, 56 yeah. yards, I want to say, in late season, right. obviously. And, uh, you know, so I, I think he still got it. I'd bring him back. They fixed the situation. I think uh, Pat O'Donnell did a great job with directional punting, getting the ball inside the 20-yard line. Um, is he going to boom it at 50 yards, at 49-yard right. net? No, but he's going to be very effective. And he's where he really, I thought, the biggest role he had was in holding for the kicker. And, and he was flawless. He was outstanding in that regard. Jack Coco was a rookie snapper. You think he's, I think he's going to get better. Um, but really, O'Donnell, uh, Yeoman's work with getting the ball, high snap, he'd get it spotted where it needed to be, and the kick would go down to underway. I'd have Mason Crosby, and I'd at least have a strong-legged kicker on my practice squad knowing right. that on any given week we could elevate that guy and get him onto the roster. When uh, when you talk about some of the rookies in the advancement, Zach Tom, you back to training camp, uh, I had you on the program. Yeah. We talked about it when we were at the Rice Lake golf outing a yeah. little bit. And you said, Zach Tom, it, you can just tell it's one of those. There's a lot of times when I, I say things, you'll say things, and people will say, what the hell are you talking about? Yeah. Sometimes you just got a guy that the eyeball test says, this looks right. This, this looks right. You talk about a season, man. He would ask to play so many different positions yeah, and fulfill yeah. them all. And he looks like a guard, but he can play tackle. He's got great feet, and the coaches kept telling me great fundamentals. And, and that was the key with him. His fundamentals are so good. that You know, does he look like he belongs out at left tackle or right tackle? No. But he's... He's solid. He's not. Yeah. He's going to get the job done, you right. know, and um, I think he's probably going to be a guard in this league and a very good one. Um, he's just was he was a key piece on that offensive line, Bill, with the injuries and by the injuries. I mean, David coming back and not making a, you know, maybe he's out a week or two. And then he had the appendectomy and all this stuff is going on to the offensive line. And uh, Zach Tom just went in there and unflustered and did whatever he needed to do. Um, there were, you know, there were some good young players on this football team. Uh, the personnel department, I thought, did a great job in the draft and that type of thing. These players are going to go on from here. And, and you know, the only caution I give you on receivers and second-year players of any kind, and I go back to the Stokes thing, um, you know, that sophomore jinx, it's right. real. It yeah. can happen. But it doesn't but, – but you don't write off a player. Uh, after a year like <laughs> right. that in his second year. You, you you chalk it up to, you know, this guy's, you know, you learning. A, you bring up a good point about the offensive line because David was in, then he was out, then he was in, then, he was, then remember he and, was on and, a pitch count. And then again. And then Elton Jenkins was coming yeah. back from the knee, and he didn't look great in the beginning nope. either, so there's some uncertainty there. 
it didn't it wasn't really till the mid portion of the season finally in that fourth quarter really of the, right. the bears game that things began to really kind of say okay they're solid now yeah and that's when they went on that little bit and, of a and, run and bill you know again you take pro football focus for what it's worth but we in the media have to use it because it's the only real scouting uh analytics that you get have, on yeah. your team the only real scouting analytics um by the end of the year going into the detroit game i, I looked it up and and they had the fourth highest rated offensive line of the league the packers mm -hmm. and you know I, I said well boy i don't know if i quite believe this because the lions were number eight and the lions i felt had a better offensive line but they're both good offensive lines packers and lions and when you look at it uh, that was a heck of a job that they did on the offensive line because so much of it was patchwork this year right um but luke butt just did a nice job at that room and uh, i know steno was still involved in it and um, they had enough versatility. They, the Packers draft and, and develop offensive linemen with versatility in mind because that's what you need when you have these injuries. Can, can you stay for one more segment? Um, or you got to see run? what I've got. No, I can stay for one you more. You can stay for yeah. one more? Okay, hang out. Wayne Larry, the voice of the Green Bay Packers, with us. We're live here at the Distillery. We're in Grafton. Coming back. we got a lot more coming up right after this. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is The Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Welcome back to the program. This portion of the uh, Bill Michael Show brought to you by our friends at Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. And you still got some time to get in, but it's closing fast on uh, no interest until 2029. Go to PellaWI.com. That is PellaWI.com or call them 855-PELLA-WI. That is 855-PELLA-WI. Uh, a guy that sits next to me, not only the voice of the Green Bay Packers, but also has Pella windows and doors in his home. Oh, all throughout the home. Yeah. Yeah. Whole, whole house. Yeah. It's uh, all Pella. And uh, it, i, I got to tell you, seriously, it, it makes a difference, yes. especially at this time of year when that wind is whipping out there. And since when did Wis southeast Wisconsin become West Texas? The kind of winds we get around yeah. here, you know, I always bitch about it during the golf season, but it's pretty bad this time of year, too. But anyway, no, I mean, hey, it, it makes a difference. My God, it yeah. really does. Yeah, no, I, I absolutely love them. And Gina is such a great person to work with anyway. So oh, yeah, the best. There's an extra shout-out for our friends at Pella Winners and Doors. So we're, we're talking about the, you know, where we'd like to be this weekend, and that is talking about a game being played for the Green Bay Packers. But you're familiar with Kansas City. It's been a while since you've been removed from there. Obviously, we've seen the Eagles. We've seen some of these teams that are in this thing. Uh, you know, what storyline probably intrigues you the most coming into this AFC and NFC Championship weekend? Um, because I, I don't see a lot of difference between the Eagles and Niners. Um, there are a couple of factors there, but I don't have a real strong feeling on that game. The game I'm really tuned into is Kansas City and Cincinnati. Uh, the intriguing factor is um, Patrick Mahomes and his ankle, and everybody has probably seen the tape of him at practice running around and all that other stuff. Okay, that's fine. That's good stuff. Nice fodder. Um, but his get-out-of-jail card has always been his legs. And not that he would run like a Jalen Hurts, but that he would move and create something off that movement and then fling it. And that's the thing that I'm curious to see. Will he have that kind of movement? Right. Furthermore, um, uh, Armarulo, I believe, is the mm -hmm. defensive coordinator at Cincinnati. What will he do? Will he blitz this quarterback? Or will he send four and cover with seven or even send three and cover with eight um, to basically take away the weapons downfield and ask Patrick Mahomes on that bad ankle, can you beat me with your legs? It'll I thought, be interesting. Fascinating uh, yeah, it's matchup. interesting because it's like you want to come after him early to see what he's got. Yeah. 
And then if he burns you, then you back off. And then as those shots begin to wear off and the second right. half starts to sit in, then you start to come after him again. You wonder if they're going to go in that direction. Yeah. Um, He's got a high ankle sprain. I saw Brett Favre playing. What I was uh, doing the Bears. It was like 1996 or 95. And uh, we were coming up here, and there was no way Brett Favre was going to play. R- Reggie White was having prayer groups uh, of that week <laughs> and, and they were doing say doing seance stuff and all this other uh, anyway uh, but, but high ankle sprain anyone goes out against the bears throws for like 400 yards and you're saying to yourself well how can, how can a guy with a high ankle sprain do all that well you know what they're going to do right they're gonna shoot them up shoot them up um you know we've got 18 weeks to talk about player safety right it's the uh, afc championship game right everybody plays yeah regardless okay. I, I, i've told this story before um many times i you know with tom brady coming back and now making a decision again as to whether or not he wants to come back at the age of 45 you and i one day are standing on the sideline you were telling me about greatness you saw walter payton you saw michael jordan you've seen a lot of these great players and you say you know it's hard to get them off the field because they always believe they can play and you almost got to rip the ball out of their hands yeah do you get that sense with brady right now yeah i i really do I, you know aaron maintains that um he has more he, he can't picture himself playing at 45 like tom right uh he says i got more going i got right. more things i want to do tom brady is literally married to this game right and literally went through a divorce because he wanted to continue in this game. Um, I don't think Tom Brady knows what he wants to be or do outside of football. I think this is who he is. It's it, it, He has become this TB12, and if he's not playing, then what's he doing? You know right. what I mean? And I really think that's a hard thing. I, Michael Jordan, um, retired, unretired, retired, unretired, about three or four times. He just... You know, you become, I think, when you're that great, um, you are that talent. But that's what makes you great as well, right? But when it's over, where do you go? Who are you? You know, you're sitting in the same, who am I? What do I do? What do I like to do? Well, what I like to do, I can't do anymore. And that's Tom Brady. And if you talk to his father and and his family and they all say the same thing, Tom loves to grind. He loves the off-season stuff and all the preparation, all that stuff. He loves it. Mm -hmm. Well, what's he going to do if he doesn't have that? You know, Fox can pay him $300 million. Um, I don't know if he's going to be that good an analyst because, I, I, you know, people think that these great players and all these great players can just walk into the booth and be great. No, most of them can't. Right. Um, you know, you have to not only understand the game, um, be a presence, but you have to under- know how to explain the game to the masses yeah. who don't know the game, who think they know the game but yeah. don't know the game. And and that's uh, that's a... That's not something that everybody has, uh, regardless of how great a player you are. So it'll be interesting to see. But I, I see that, and, and to a lesser degree, Aaron probably has a little bit of that in him, and that he wants to finish something. You know, there's something more he wants to do in the game. I think he wants to come back. I really do. I'd be, I'd be shocked if he uh, calls and quits. Brett Favre, that was the hardest thing in the world. And it was, uh, I remember doing Brett's last game for Westwood one. It was a Monday night game, 2010 up in Minneapolis. They were playing outside of the, uh, um, Gopher stadium yeah, because they were TCF built, you know, stadium, they, yeah. they, a hole had been blown to the roof of uh, with the, uh, <laughs> Metrodome anyway. And so they're out there playing and, uh, I can't remember the name of Northwestern guy, defensive end for the bears, sacked Brett Favre, I think it was in the third quarter, hit his head hard, never came back, never yeah. played again. I think that's when Brett finally said, okay, 
enough. Yeah. But before that, probably not. And Brett men mentioned to me years later, he said, you know what? I should have never been talked into coming into that uh, that right. last year. Yeah, he, they had led the Vikings to the uh, Super, the brink of the Super Bowl, yeah. lose to New Orleans, and Brett just, you know, got talked back. He didn't want to come back. He got talked into it and uh, said I should have never come back for that last year. So uh, when we all reconvene at training camp coming up uh, at the end of July, um, I, I feel – Rodgers will be back, and changes around the team will be relatively minimal, but there'll be some additions. Do you think Rodgers is back in, in Green Bay? My gut says yes. Okay. But I, I don't know if my gut is being overruled by my hope. Yeah. And yet, at the same time, I think they have a, a good quarterback prospect in Jordan Love. I really do. And I know they feel that way. Um, and, you know, but understand something, folks. When Goody was asked, do you need to see more of Jordan Love? And he said, no, I've, I've seen all I need to see. What he really meant was, I've seen all I need to see now. Right. Do, do I know he can be that guy at the quarterback position? No. Why? Because you can't find that out at training camp. You can't find that out running scout team at practice. You can't find that out in a quarter against Philadelphia or a game against Kansas City. You don't know on quarterback build in this league, and I've seen this since way back in Kansas City when the Chiefs drafted Steve Fuller in the first round and Bill Kenny, a street-free agent, ended up beating him out. Yeah. You don't know about that position till you hand the keys of the car to that quarterback and let him drive off the lot. What I'm right. saying is this. He's your starter, day one, every week of the season, yeah. and that defense on the other side is scheming to beat him. Right. Then you'll know if you have a quarterback. Is he a winner? And that's what Gutekind said that's at it. the end of the season presser. He said, yeah. we know he can play. We don't know if he can win. We, you know, do, do, they, do they need to see more of him doing what he's been doing? No. But do they know he can be the next starting quarterback, upper echelon quarterback in this league? No, they don't know. It's always great, man. Yeah, we've been together since 99. 99, yeah. 1999. Now you're okay. dating us. Yeah, I know. <laughs> we went through the same induction service and everything. We got the same HR pamphlet and oh, all that kind gosh, of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> same yeah. stuff. Wayne, yeah. always great to see you, man. I appreciate all it. Right. Thanks for you hanging bet. out. Good to see you, Bill. There you go. The voice of the Green Bay Packers, Wayne Larrabee, joining us for a couple of minutes. We're here at the distillery. We're in Grafton. Certainly appreciate you coming by. Let's do this. We're going to step away. We're going to take a quick break. We've got a lot more to get to coming up right after this. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Now, here's Mike Clemens. It's the AFC Championship game Sunday at 5.30 at Arrowhead Stadium. The Bengals against the Chiefs. The Bengals practiced again outdoors yesterday. The forecast for Kansas City is partly sunny with temperatures in the 20s. Are they ready for the cold? Bengals wide receiver Jamar Chase. We don't play in every weather. Uh, it's not about us being ready. It's about us being prepared for the situation. Um, execute when it's time to execute. And, you know what I'm saying, make the first downs and it because it contested catches. That's what it's all about. You hit the gritty, and then you went into the fadeaway. Do you have something special this week, potentially, another twist on the, the gritty? Uh, I've been saving that gritty for a long time, like really long time, bro. I've been doing that, but I just never bring it out. I don't know what the hell I'm going to do, honestly, man. I'm just going to go out there and have fun. Head coach Zach Taylor on dealing with the pressure of a conference championship game on the road. The buildup is really outside our building in terms of the magnitude of these games. Yeah, we, we understand that there's... Um, an AFC championship on the line, but our guys generally don't feel the pressure because of that. It's just, let's get ready with this game. Let's go out there, put our best foot forward, and 
If we play great, then we're going to have a great chance to win. The Chiefs held their practice outdoors. Quarterback Patrick Mahomes seems to be doing okay despite that sprained ankle. Did treatments begin right after the win over the Jaguars? Yeah, I was able to do some extra testing just to make sure everything was good, uh, not after the game, and then get a few things done uh, to help the treatment kind of start off. And then the next few days has just kind of been, I mean, all-day thing where you're just doing either treatment or rehab. It's a full-day thing where you're trying to make sure that you're obviously prepared for the Bengals and the great football team uh, mentally and physically. That's Chiefs quarterback Patrick Mahomes. I'm Mike Clemens on The Bill Michaels Show. Welcome back to the program. Glad to have you. The Bill Michaels Show. We are live. We are here at the Ascillery. Uh, We're in Grafton, Wisconsin. And uh, thanks to our friends at Bud Light. Bud Light is the official beer sponsor here. And uh, tonight, well, today, uh, coming up in about an hour from now, we're going to be giving away a big screen TV, the 55-inch, which uh, so many people are here. And thanks to the crowd. Thanks to everybody for coming out today and uh, and hanging out for the show. It's a hell of a crowd that's here on hand. Packed house, as a matter of fact, here at Distillery in Grafton. So thanks to everybody for coming by and saying hello. Mike Clemens coming up here. In about uh, 15 minutes, Michael join us here at the table as well. Thanks to Wayne Larry for coming by. That was that was great. Uh, Wayne said he'd come out for a couple of segments, and he stayed for three. So thanks to Wayne for coming out and joining us uh, as well. We certainly appreciate it and uh, for hanging out for such a long period of time and just kind of waxing a lot of stories and a lot of thoughts regarding the Packers and this offseason. Also, this portion of the program brought to you by our friends at Burn Pit Barbecue. They're a veteran-owned company right here in the state of Wisconsin. Go to burnpitbbq.com. That is burnpitbbq.com, and uh, keep supporting them. And they want to also say thanks for a a big 2022, and they're looking forward to 2023. And if you're looking forward to to barbecue, if you're looking forward to uh, hot rubs and sauces and such, they have it. That's burnpitbbq.com. That is burnpitbbq.com. D'Amico Ryans, the uh, coordinator, defensive coordinator, who's been talked about so much by the 49ers and out of their organization, he is emerging as the top candidate for the Houston Texans. The Houston Texans expected to meet with Houston at some point uh, next week after their game. Uh, mutual interest if all goes well. Ben, which job would you rather have, the the Denver Broncos or the Houston Texans? That's a good question. It depends on where I'm at in my career. If I'm Sean Payton, I'd probably say Denver and try to get some control, and I know what I'm doing and I'm respected. Right. If I'm starting out, I'd want to start out with a franchise that's struggling a little more and expectations are a little lower. So if I'm him, I think Houston. Man, that's that for you can't get. Well, then again, you're right, because you can't get much lower than where they're at right now. I mean, unless, of course, you're the Bears, but uh, but the Bears at least have a quarterback and they've got a lot of hope on the horizon. But boy, the Texans are just that's a bad football team. That, That whole organization is just a bad organization. So for him to be able to come in and kind of wrap his arms around it, man, that's there's there's like you said, there's not much expectation there, but oof, what a bad situation. But you're right. Then again, if you go to Denver, you know that you are pretty much married to Russell Wilson the entire time. And if you go to Denver, you you got to make something out of this. You know what I mean? Because if Russell Wilson is what we saw this past season, then no matter what you do. It's going to be awful because your quarterback stinks, and he was terrible this year. Not only was he terrible on the field, he was kind of terrible off the field to the point his own guys didn't even like him. 
and they were arguing with him on the sidelines, you know, like visibly. So <laughs> I don't know which situation would be worse. As a head. Then again, if you're one of 32, you're going to take the job and make the millions and such, and you put your best effort into it. But I don't know which one would be would be worse. Would be uh, would be going to Denver and taking on Russell Wilson or or the Houston Texans. Go ahead. I mean, cap space is so important too. Like, look at Jacksonville, Urban Meyer, and you know it was a disaster, but not because of Jacksonville. It was because of him. Clearly, they have the number one pick, and they take right. Trevor Lawrence, and the roster wasn't great, but it was a disaster because of what he was doing and how how horrible of his regime. Right. But then Doug Peterson goes, and it's the same situation in a bad organization overall, and he turns it around. So Houston has the cap space. They have the number two overall pick. I I like that idea more. I like the bare bones, low expectations. You could build the roster up, get free agents when you're ready. I like that more than being tied to a guy, definitely. Um, 877-867-1670. I would open up the phone lines for a brief period of time. Like I said, Mike Clemens coming up here in the next hour. You can stick around. A lot of people really enjoyed the conversation with Wayne uh, when we had Wayne Larrabee, the voice of the Packers, on just a little while ago. Uh, and this is from Thomas, who says, what's more important, getting some of the special teams out players, like wide receivers and receivers and such, or going into the trenches? I, I've always said, if now the Packers pretty much have the trenches fortified. They need depth on that defensive line. Their offensive line is is pretty sound. I don't know if Zach Tom, like Wayne said, he's more of a guard. But if, if what you really need right now is probably that right tackle position fulfilled. Because otherwise, you're pretty solid up front. And then, to me, it will be depth in the defensive trenches. But if you have a top-notch tight end or a top-notch wide receiver or a safety, those three pieces are probably more vital because they're of need right now. But beyond that, I'm all trenches all the time, man. If you can get more beef on the defensive front that you can rotate in with Kenny Clark. And if Devontae, let's just say Devontae Wyatt really pans out, that changes things dramatically. Because no longer can you just have Kenny Clark getting double teamed with everybody else one-on-ones. But now you've got to account for numerous guys, which begins to open up gaps. And then you can utilize the speed of a guy like Quay Walker if you decide to blitz or if you just, because you may need to keep tight ends in to help if you have good pass rush and good trenches, which is what we saw that happen with when the Packers played uh, the Jets. You know, Quinn Williams was just a, he was he was a homewrecker, man. He was not only hitting the offensive line, he was going and getting their families after the fact. I mean, he just wrecked that offensive front for the Packers. So if you can find that, oh, by all means. Uh, but if you can get it to where you got depth, oh, that, that means so much more. And again, I go back to the year that they won it. Don't forget... They had big guys like Ryan Pickett, B.J. Raji, Cullen Jenkins, C.J. Green, Howard Wilson, Howard uh, Howard, or Howard Green, C.J. Wilson. I mean, they had massive guys that they were able to run it back with. Um, so, you know, and Thomas says the O-line was up and down this year. You're right, it was up and down, but it was up and down because uh, you had Elton Jenkins trying to get his legs back under him after coming off the ACL. You had uh, a pitch count being put out there for... David Bakhtiari, who didn't start out being the left tackle and then came in and then would go for a couple of series and then he would go out and then you'd bring in Yash Nyman or whomever that you were going to start running around at the tackle. Then you had injuries. 
And then you finally got David Bakhtiari back, and everything got solidified, and everybody was starting to play really well, and then he goes down with the appendectomy, and then you had to change it up again. So the offensive line was kind of a revolving door all season long for the Packers. But up front, defensively, if you can get it done with three bodies of rotation, oh, my goodness, it changes things dramatically. Now, on the other hand, Joe Barry, when you run nickel, remember, not a lot of times you're going with only two down linemen. So if you have the beef, you use it. But if you don't have it, you try to make up for it in other ways. But And the other thing to remember, and Wayne brought this up, was you know, hey, when Rashawn Gary comes back this year, he's coming off of an ACL. And you most likely, he's probably not going to be, if he's ready at training camp, I'll be somewhat amazed. But he's going to be a guy that's going to take a little while to get back. And then when you get back, it's not necessarily the year you come back. It's the year after you come back that you get back to full speed, much like we saw this season with Robert Tanyan and his ability to get off blocks, his ability to get free, which actually probably hurt him in red zone situations. Um, on more than a few occasions because he still didn't have his full legs underneath him. So a lot to kind of that, – that's why I'm saying. So if you – with guys coming back healthy, getting other guys back and adding depth, do you run it back? we got another hour yet to go. We're going to spend it talking with our guy on the ground up in Green Bay, Mike Clemens, walking through the door. We'll talk with Mike coming up. We are broadcasting live. We are at Distillery. We're in Grafton, Wisconsin, giving away a 55-inch big screen TV. Compliments of our friends. Over there at Bud Light, we got a lot more coming up right after this.